The Bible Study Podcast, episode 113. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke in chapter 7. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Let's jump right into Luke. We left off in Luke 7, verse 10, so we'll continue on in verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. So this miracle that Jesus performs of raising a man from the dead, one of a couple times that he does this before his own resurrection, Lazarus being the most notable other one, is happening in Nain, which is probably only a couple miles from Nazareth. And so he is in a region up in Galilee where a lot of people have already started to pay attention to him. And so as he's going along, it says he's going along with this large crowd, and he just happens upon this funeral. And obviously there is sadness in a funeral, and there's sadness that this mother has lost her son after previously losing her husband. She has also then, with the two men being lost in that day and age, lost her support. That's why so many verses in the Bible talk about the widows and the orphans, taking care of those who are not able to take care of themselves. And so there's this double loss here. And Jesus comes across this widow, and he has pity on her. And so because he can, he raises her son from the dead. And you can imagine that this gets a lot of attention. And this is a miracle that also God performed through Elijah in the Old Testament. And so they say that a great prophet has risen among us, has appeared among us, and God has come to help his people, Uh, which is very true. That is our understanding is this is Emmanuel, God with us, God come to help his people. And then Luke's account continues. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? At the very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who are blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and many who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And so John seems to have some questions, some doubt at this point, and it is probably because, like the disciples, he doesn't have a clear understanding of what this Messiah will do. Perhaps he was expecting a military messiah who would throw out the Romans. We know at times that the disciples themselves are expecting that. He sends a messenger to Jesus, his cousin, and says, Are you the one? Did I get it wrong? And Jesus doesn't say yes, he doesn't say no, but he says, Go back, go tell John what you've seen and heard. Go tell John 
all of the things that you've seen me do. And this is because what he is doing now has been prophesied. One particular place that John might remember when he hears the words of the messengers would be Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 is talking about the joy of the redeemed. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those whose fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And it goes on, but what Jesus is reminding John is what the prophet said. So look at what I'm doing, look again at what Isaiah said, and tell me, am I the one? And then Luke's account goes on. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right, because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves, because they had not been baptized by John. To what, then, can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling out to each other, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, He is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to talk about John and to say that John is a prophet. John is the prophet that is foretold who will come before the Messiah. And yet he says, anyone in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that will come when we have been cleansed from our sin through Jesus' redemption, there is a special relationship with anyone in the kingdom of God, even more so than John, who's the greatest of the prophets, is what Jesus says. And then he talks about John and himself, and they are different. That may have been part of John's problem, is that Jesus' ministry and John's ministry are very, very different. And yet, both are rejected by the Pharisees, and for opposite reasons. So he gives this analogy of these children in the marketplace playing their flute, We played it, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. They're not happy with John, who has cut himself off from all of these pleasures, nor are they happy with Jesus, who hasn't. (laughs) So why is it? What is the problem 
that the Pharisees are running into. Obviously, they're also running into an issue of expectation. This Jesus and this John are not what they expect. They're not behaving appropriately or in a way that is anticipated. And that gives them all sorts of problems. But he also says that the Pharisees in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Because they did not understand that they were not perfect. They weren't open to John's baptism, and they weren't open to the repentance that would come. Because they were so good, at least in their own eyes, they lost the opportunity to be better. They lost the opportunity to be closer to God because they thought they were close enough. That's something we should keep in mind. When we think too highly of ourselves, we lose the opportunity as they did, of drawing closer to God. And one last story from Luke 7 to finish out that chapter. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured the perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him five hundred denarii and the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house... You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman is mentioned other times in the Bible, but I don't think we often realize who she is. According to John, the Gospel writer, in John 11, at the time of the death of Lazarus, In the verse 1, it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. You remember them. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So this is Mary of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. This is Mary who, while Martha is working later on, is sitting at the feet of Jesus learning. This is Mary who, when Lazarus is sick, Jesus delays coming, Lazarus dies, Martha and Mary come out, Jesus sees Mary's grief and weeps. 
This is someone who is very close to Jesus after this incident. But at this time, she is a woman who is a sinner. Now, what that means is she's a woman with a reputation. She's a woman who everyone knows in town what she has done. But as Jesus points out to Simon, his host, Simon has failed in his host's duties. He hasn't done the things that a host would normally do. But this woman has shown him affection scandalously. Literally, people are scandalized by how much affection she is showing, especially given who she is. And so Jesus tells this parable about the two debtors. And the one who is forgiven much loves much. And the one who is forgiven little loves little. Now, it's interesting to note that she has not yet been told that she is forgiven. She is already showing that love that she understands that Jesus will forgive her. There is something about this Jesus that she gets that Jesus will forgive her. She is already showing that love. And I think the lesson here is that for those of us, all of us, who have been forgiven much, that we are called to love Jesus scandalously. We are called to love him demonstrably, as Mary has done. With that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. I did want to mention this week that a friend and fellow podcaster, Dave Jackson, out of Ohio, has started a new podcast about how to grow your church. It's the Grow Your Church Show at growyourchurchshow.com. And you might want to check that out if you're interested in learning, as he is in the process of learning, how to start building the Church of Tomorrow today. And that'll wrap up the Bible Study Podcast for today. Thanks so much for listening. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.